Do you have a case of the Mondays? Well, guess what? The antidote's right around the corner because it's Hal Anderson. Actually, I'm here right now. I'm not even around the corner. I am here right now. Oh, sorry. From my perspective, it looks like you're around the corner. Like this? I clean up pretty good, eh? Look (laughs) at me today, huh? You look good, sir. Shaved my head. Only two days growth instead of the normal seven or eight. Yeah, see, I... I, New shirt. Do you like my new shirt? I like the... You know, you've been really stepping up the shirt game, I must say. And I'm not qualified to say that at all, frankly. I'll tell you what. For for a while now, I have uh, been wearing clothes from many, many years ago that I packed away, Mm -hmm. right? You get too big, you put it away. And my wife, for years, has been saying, why are you keeping that stuff? Well, for that day when one day I lose some weight. I've lost some weight, so now I've gone out and actually bought a couple of new shirts. So it's nice to it's nice to be in new stuff, you know. Yeah, kind of a little reward for myself. How was your weekend? Good. Yeah, it wasn't super super busy. Yeah, you know the 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 clothes thing just reminded me how because I I actually bought uh, uh, this was a couple weekends ago, but mm-hmm. I actually bought some pants that were yeah. too, too big for me. Oh, and I, I knew you were going pants shopping. I didn't realize they were too big. Well, they were slightly they, yeah, they were a little too big, and it's it's a nice feeling because it's like you know I'm not that big. Yes, isn't that great? Now mm-hmm. they're a bit of a pain to wear around, frankly, because they have yeah. to pull them up all the time, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. sure the listeners really care about this, they, by well, the way. You know what? Here's what I have found <laughs> out about radio in my, whatever, 35 years of doing radio and television. The things you don't think they care about, they kind of care about. True. Yeah. That's the way it works sometimes. Sometimes the silliest thing ever is what I get all the text messages and phone calls and emails about. So you never know. They may be very interested to know that you have bought a pair of pants recently that are too big for you. Tristan Field-Jones is handling the info here. What's that? What have I done? Yes, what have you done? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, TFJ is going to handle the info for us here this afternoon. Of course, Jeff Forte is producing the show. Jeff, how was your weekend? Good? Oh, it was good. Relaxing. Excellent. Yeah. Good. All right, perfect. Well, we're all set. Let's get at it. Here's what we've got coming up on the show today. After our first break, in about 10 minutes, Global News reporter Christian O'Mell will join us about this education review you heard about in the news. We'll get the details from Christian on that. After Global News at 1.30 with TFJ, a nurse will join us, Heather Hudson. It is Poison Prevention Week, and so we're going to talk about that. Diana Foxhall was over at Winnipeg Police this morning, this afternoon. She will be at the legislature as we find out more about this distracted driving bill. About 1.45, we'll uh, find out what Diana found out from city police about it this morning. All right. Tough trivia. Winning right after Global News at 2 o'clock. I've got tickets for the Winnipeg Golf Expo, which is happening at Red River Exhibition Park, April 6th and 7th. And we're going to toss in a gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. So winning in about an hour from right now, right after Global News at 2 o'clock. Camping reservations. You, as of 7 o'clock this morning, were able to reserve a spot at Birds Hill Park. And uh, we got a call here from one listener who is not happy about the process. And we hear this every year when we do this. eh? Bottom line is there's a big demand for these camping spots. So I'll play for you the conversation I had with the listener. She can uh, relate to all of us her experience this morning trying to get spots at Birds Hill Park. And then we'll get on from the province, Elizabeth Ostrop. Okay, she will uh, tell us about this. Is there maybe a better way to do this? Winnipeg Jets win again. Going to talk about that. A Jets update for you after Global News at 2.30. And that's just some of what we have on the show today. I got a ton of other stuff. We got to talk about uh, Trump, Willie Fire, Mueller, the uh, 
guy doing this uh, investigation. That's what everybody's kind of worried about. It's starting to sound like maybe Trump might fire this guy as he investigates connections between uh, Trump, the Trump campaign, Russia, the 2016 election, and Russia. Now there's uh, kind of a Canadian connection as well. We'll talk a little bit about that. And I have uh, found an old interview from eight years ago with Mike McDonald. And if you missed it, I know we've been talking a lot about it here this morning on CJOB, but if you missed it, Mike McDonald uh, passed away. Great Canadian comedian and a good friend of uh, our Jeff Courier. And I want to play back uh, four or five minutes of that interview as we... uh, Remember a very, very funny uh, Canadian, a man who had all kinds of challenges, more than most people, but uh, he made it through those challenges and uh, was certainly one of the best that this country has ever seen. Uh, Yesterday when I had Big Daddy Taz on talking about it for a couple of minutes on my weekend show, Big Daddy Taz says, yeah, one of the funniest in Canada, no question, but really one of the funniest in the whole world and and, uh, not incorrect. Uh, Big Daddy Taz, and I'll play a bit of that Big Daddy Taz conversation from yesterday as well. All right, so as you can see, we have lots to get to. It's one oh nine. We will break, and when we come back, Christian O'Mell joins us on CJOB. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. And as we approach one fifteen, Christian O'Mell joins us here. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell, and you were uh, busy this morning. Tell us about this education review, please. So I'm looking right now at a long document online. It is about 200 pages. And you've read every word. I have read every single <laughs> sum of the words. And there's some charts and there's a lot of recommendations. So yeah. this was a, it was a review that was commissioned by the province last summer. Mm-hmm. They said, we're going to go out. We're going to look at our colleges. And this is just colleges. This right. is not universities. So it's the five institutions that offer college-level training in Manitoba. And what can they do better? Because the graduation rate, as this report says, is about 62%. It's about 10% lower than the national average. And the Indigenous participation is much lower. It's about Mm. 43%. So how do they, A, get more people to graduate, but also get more people in the door to begin with? Right. So that's one of the things that they've got on their plate. And, of course, when it's 200 pages, it's hard to boil it all down to, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple sentences. Uh, But one thing it says is there needs to be more accountability. And uh, Alex Usher, one of the authors of this report, he phoned into the conference earlier today. And here's uh, some of what he said about the accountability that schools are dealing with right now. What's been lacking, I would argue, is mostly um, a vision, well-articulated institutional missions and goals for the sector as a whole. Um, and, and because, in a sense, there's never been a very strong mandate from government to say this is what we expect of institutions, um, it's been very difficult to say that there's been much in the way of accountability. Now, that doesn't mean that institutions are, are unaccountable or they're irresponsible or anything like that, because I think, by and large, what we found <clears throat> is a, a set of institutions that serve Manitoba very well. But in order to give them the, the, the you know, to... to um, to have them be accountable to, to achieve goals determined by the province, those goals need to be set expressly. There need to be incentives uh, through a funding formula 
um, that uh, you know that incent them to to uh, achieve those goals, and they require greater op- operational flexibility. Um, I think the overriding theme of the report is uh, let the institutions manage, uh, let government. Uh, steer but not row. So to some degree, that's saying, okay, the previous NDP government micromanaged a little bit too much. Mm. They need to just set some goals for, as a whole for the entire— And then leave them alone. And then let them do their thing. Mm. They pointed out, and I didn't know this, but apparently it would take like nine or ten months to get a pro- new program approved mm. in the current system. And this report said that should be ten days. Mm. And they said nimbleness mm. for programs to be able to adapt because one thing they talk about a lot is all these new developing skills, right? right. How the jo- uh, job industries are changing so much. All yeah, these you private sector fast jobs. On that stuff. You got to move fast. So right. if you're waiting ten months for a program, let's mm. say we want to put it in for this fall, we would have had to say it already. Mm-hmm. So if we want to get it started now, we'd probably have to wait almost two years. Yeah. And that's not going to cut it. No, because the way things are moving now, as far as, you know, speed of technology exactly. and professions and stuff, it could have come and gone exactly. in two years. Yeah. And so we see in this report there are some mentions of how, you know, your skills once you graduate might not be right anymore. Mm. So there needs to be, you know, more targeted approaches. One thing I noticed in the – there's sections about each different college in this report – and it's said about the University College of the North that it has seats that aren't filled as opposed to a place like Brandon's College that has more people than seats. So there are varying issues for varying schools. But it said that they maybe didn't do a good enough job collaborating with all the private sectors. So they're saturating some markets, but other markets are untapped. Mm. So there's maybe some better conversations that need to be had amongst not just the schools, but also private sectors saying, OK, what do you need? Yeah. And we'll do our best to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the way it's done in other provinces then, the recommendations in this report. This is, they're getting on track with the other mm-hmm. provinces because you sort of compared the graduation numbers overall and for Indigenous students uh, to the other provinces. Did they get into how it's done in other provinces it's at all? It's different because each province, the setup is a little bit different. Mm. So for us in Manitoba, we have five, but the problem is, compared to a place like Alberta, they call it like third tier markets. We've got all, you know, 70% of Manitoba is here mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. Right. So there's all these rural spots that are underserved by theory because there's no one around. But at the same time, you can't put a college in a place where there's, you know, a couple, a thousand or 2,000 people. Yeah, it doesn't just make doesn't sense. work. Yeah. So where do you find that balance? So mm-hmm. this report says, all right, Red River, Assiniboine Community College, University College of the North, You guys have to be jointly responsible. You come up with a community-by-community assessment of who needs what training across the province. You know, Red River will take this area. Assiniboine will take that area. And we're going to try to help that area, whether it's offering courses in that area, not opening up a a campus there, but But offering opportunities. eh? Would would online be an option? And part of that is we've heard the province trying to get everyone online. That was Mm -hmm. an announcement they made months ago. And with being online, offers access to that. Yeah. So to get people out of rural areas where maybe they wouldn't have had access to college because they can't go two hours, mm. maybe now you have an online course, and then that can help get these participation rates up. Right, and grad, and grad uh, right. levels up. So you get well. one, you get the other. Yeah, uh, yeah. because part of this is participation as well. We mm. have the f- low graduation, but also just low people not going mm. to 
once they're out of high school, if they get out of high school, once they get out of high school, then they're not necessarily going to a college or a university. And and what you already explained as their reasoning, that's the reasoning for the low participation rates, that they didn't give any other reason as to why Manitoba has fewer people getting involved in colleges, going to college? There's, a, I guess, a long list of reasons. Part of it is that geographical yeah. barrier. That's one of the reasons it points to, a, mm-hmm. which makes Manitoba a little bit different right. than maybe another province. Yeah. You know, Ontario... There's a ton of colleges mm-hmm. in Ontario, yeah, right. and there's just a lot more population. A lot, a lot of people. A lot right. of people. Yeah. Or you look at Alberta, you know, there's colleges in places that aren't huge, but mm. at the same time they can sustain it because right. there are bigger centers. It's just, yeah. it's an unfortunate aspect of the geography of this province, but that's not going to change. Right, you got to figure it out. And we should just say and make it clear that this uh, review did not at all go into uh, other issues that are sort of at the forefront right now, which is uh, tuition fees and funding and all that kind of stuff. This was simply looking at participation graduation. Graduation, and beyond just that, it's trying to, I guess, improve student outcomes, like you said, Mm -hmm. but also trying to make sure that it aligns better with what the labor market needs. Right. So it's kind of an overall system review. And like you said, it did not really involve tuition. Obviously, there's going to have to be more money Mm. to make this happen. If you want to increase college seats, if you want to spread out the reach of where you can be taught a program, they're going to need money for that. Will that all come from provincial funding? It can't because they've said... We're going to need mm-hmm. to hike tuition on the university side. That yeah. was part of their budget. They took away that cap. Likely the case here as well. And that's likely the case here. Now, yeah. Ian Wisher today said that they're not looking at that as part of this budget cycle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be part of next year's budget cycle. And the uh, president of Assiniboine Community College said that same thing. Like, we're looking at this as the first day of our next budget. Mm-hmm. So they need more seats. You know, each there's some recommendations for every school. Sure about what each needs to do. It's not going to be, you know, next year at this time, everything's fine. But what it did say is, all right, in five years, we want you to improve outcomes. Graduation rate goes up by 15% in five years. Mm -hmm. They're not going to put a gun to their head and say you have to do that, but that's just a a goal. It's a goal. And that's how you try to... And it doesn't sound like there have been goals in the past, right? It sounds like what you said. Accountability is just kind of, okay, here's some money. The Mm -hmm. budget, most of the budget for almost all the budget for colleges who set their own tuition. It's not, you know, they can set it. They go to the province and say, okay, this is our tuition. They say, okay. Most of the budget is just you do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. Now, the province doesn't want to micromanage to say, here's all of what you have to do with it. But at the same time, okay. We're going to lay out some ground rules. Yeah. You follow these. I think if you follow these rules, we will accomplish better things. And then if that works, then that should push that graduation rate up. All right. Christian O'Mell, thank you very much, sir. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell on the Education Review. And, of course, we'll have more on that coming up in Global News at 1.30 with Tristan Field-Jones. By the way, how would you feel about uh, the province having a dental program? Here in Manitoba. What do you think of that idea? The NDP leader in Ontario is proposing that for Ontario. Hmm. I think that's money well spent. It's big bucks. I'll play a clip of Ontario's NDP leader on that after 1.30 here, okay? And then we can talk about that if you want. This is uh, just rolling across the wire service. This is interesting. 
Former Sex in the City star Cynthia Nixon is saying on Twitter that she will run for governor of New York. Cynthia Nixon, Sex in the City, governor of New York. What do you think of that, ladies? wonder what my wife thinks of that. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Interesting thing about Sex in the City. I think my wife has seen every single episode five times, but yet she often flips. If it's on, she's watching it again. find that kind of interesting about that show. Uh, today is, today is Goddess of Fertility Day. It is Nurses Day today, Clients Day today, Chocolate Caramel Day today, Poultry Day, Swallows Return to San Juan Capistrano Day, and it's Well Elderly or Welderly Day today. Coming up after Global News at 1.30. I'll play that clip for you of uh, the Ontario NDP leader. She is proposing a dental program for everybody in that province. Do you think that's something? Listen, it, it won't happen here right now with this government and the fact that we're trying to cut spending, not look for new uh, ways to spend money. But I thought it was kind of interesting, might make a good talker, because a lot of people don't have that dental coverage, right? A lot of people. And the health in your mouth, your teeth, and all that kind of stuff can lead to other health problems. In the clip you'll hear, she sort of suggests that uh, it might uh, have benefits beyond just uh, getting that filling you need. And you'll hear the clip and it'll make more sense in a bit. Also, coming up after the news here at 1.30 with TFJ, nurse Heather Hudson joins us. It is Poison Prevention Week. All that and much more on the way. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. It's March 19th, the greatest day ever. On the 19th of March, 1962, music legend Bob Dylan released his debut album. The album was titled and contained original songs such as and as well as the classic Have a great March 19th, the greatest day ever. Greatest day ever. Greatest day ever. Just kidding, Bob. Bob Dylan on this day in history. We'll take a look later on at some other important stuff from today in history. I told you at this point we were going to chat with a nurse by the name of Heather Hudson because it is Poison Prevention Week. We await her call. And if we hear from her, great. We'll talk about Poison Prevention Week. If not, I got other stuff, other stuff we can talk about. For example, uh, before the news there with TFJ, I told you that uh, in Ontario, the NDP leader there, Andrea Horwath, is proposing a dental plan for everybody. Take a listen. We have 4.5 million people in Ontario unable to get the benefits, uh, dental coverage rather that they need. And that's uh, exactly what this plan will do. It will make sure that 4.5 million Ontarians who are not able to go to the dentist, who are not able to get their kids checkups done, who are not able to get fillings uh, done for their children, uh, who are not able to uh, get their 
teeth dealt with once they turn 65 because their plan is uh, no longer providing dental and or uh, they're no longer able to um, receive services through ODSP. It's a two-track program both for workers uh, and for seniors and people on low-income social assistance. And, you know, the other thing I think that's important to, to note is that it will also take pressure off of our doctor's offices and off of our, our hospitals where, where people are now forced to go uh, when they're in absolute crisis when it comes to their uh, their mouth and their uh, their oral health and their, their dental needs. That's not acceptable. Every other um, jurisdiction around the world that provides Medicare provides some kind of extra planning around uh, these kinds of things, around pharmacare, for example, which is what we're doing. And we know that in Europe, a number of jurisdictions provide dental care with cost-shared models similar to, to, similar to ours. Uh, we're doing something uh, cutting edge here in, in Ontario with our plan. We're excited about it, and it's the right thing to do. Universal dental care, dental coverage from the NDP in Ontario. Now, as I said, obviously, with the Pallister government here and cutting, not looking for ways to spend more money, something like that's just not going not gonna to fly, not going to happen here. But what do you think of the idea? I tried to find the exact number. I think it's $1.2 billion. I think that would be the cost, something like that. I apologize. I'll find the exact number. I had it here and now I've lost it. But I'm more just interested to know what you think of that idea. Is that uh, if things were different or maybe when, maybe when we deal with some of our uh, deficit and debt issues in the province, is that something you'd like to see happen? 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Uh, let's go to the phone here. We've got Duck on the phone, 204-780-6868. Hello, Duck. Hey, Hal. How are you? Good. You? Marvelous. Good. Listen, I I understand that you guys keep on talking about this shingles vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a real kick in the head for you. I asked my doctor about it. Mm-hmm. That's 250 bucks. You have to pay $250 for the shingles vaccine? Yes, sir. It's not paid for under... Uh, 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 no, hmm. it's not. Wow. And here's something else. Hmm. I'm on... Um, I'm on disability right now. I'm yep. going to be hitting 65 come March 28th. Yep. Here's something else I found. There is, if you're on um, uh, city services, the University of Manitoba, right behind the Health Science Center, has a dental program. It, it didn't cost me a dime. They did a surround. That was going to be $50. They covered it. Hmm. Had all my teeth removed, made me a brand new pair of uh, uh, false teeth. Yeah, yep. didn't cost me a dime. And you know, as people are even working as it is, uh, I think they give you one heck of a discount. Hmm. And what I did for them, because I've got a weird mouth, it is a mouth <laughs> that they've never seen before. <laughs> Yeah. I donated myself for eight hours, sitting in a dentist office for eight hours, had four different people work on making dentures. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, man. I just found that funny when you said I got a weird mouth nobody's seen before. Well, it is. Trust me. <laughs> All right, Duck. Well, thank you for calling. All right, Al. There he goes, Duck. Uh... 
Has Duck, uh, Jeff Vorche, producer of the show, has Duck called in? Like, he started calling me just recently. Have you heard of Duck before, this guy Duck? Um, I've heard him call in for the past oh, okay. well, few months. Oh, I... yeah, yeah. Before that, I think we've I think we've won him over. Oh, I, before oh. that, I don't remember hearing <laughs> I, about... I, I would uh, like to see his mouth, though. I, I would want like to see it, what now, this strange mouth right, looks like. Right, now I want to see Duck's mouth. He says it's a mouth that nobody's ever seen before, and apparently the... Uh, the dentists were all uh, wanting to take a look at his mouth. Anyhow, thank you for the call, Doc. Your call's welcome, 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com, if you would rather email. Um, what do you think of this? Do you think the police chopper is worth all the money? Police chopper is uh, is in the news, and I'm curious to know if you think the police chopper is uh, worth the money that we uh we spend on it. The police want a pro consulting service to take a good, hard, long look at the chopper. The service has issued a request for a proposal looking for an objective, fair, evidence-based assessment of the flight operations unit. Now, I don't think there's any question that the chopper does a good job. But is it up there enough? Is it doing enough to warrant the kind of money that's being spent on it. And I guess essentially that's what the police want to do with uh, with this uh, assessment, right? They want to make sure that uh, the money being spent is, is worth it. It's a lot of money. We can talk about that if you want. 204-780-6868. Diana... Foxhall, Global News reporter Diana Foxhall, is as we speak at question period at the legislature. And, of course, we are waiting for more on this uh, distracted driving bill, right? We've been talking about this since Friday when we found out that the province is proposing that if you are caught with your cell phone in your hand driving, texting and driving, the police officer on the spot could take away your license for three days, first offense, second offense, seven days, and then all the other penalties apply. And we're waiting for more details on some of the other uh, uh, ramifications for you if you're caught uh, texting and driving. We didn't get all the details. We're waiting for those details. And that's one of the reasons that Global News reporter Diana Foxhall is over at the legislature. So we'll find out. Uh, more as we go along here this afternoon. Before Diana left, just before Diana left the radio station to go over to the legislature, I sat down with her because she was at Winnipeg Police talking about distracted driving this morning. Distracted driving is increasingly a very large problem in Manitoba. I know over the past couple of years, it has jumped, I think, by about 8,000 um, incidents the cops have noticed of mm. people either on their cell phones or talking on their phone while they're behind the wheel. And obviously, that is a pretty difficult thing. You don't want to be seeing a lot of that. So as far as Winnipeg Police, with the new bill that's being introduced today, um, I spoke to Inspector Gord Spado. He says he's very pleased to see tougher measures. In this case, um, instead of just having a fine and a couple demerit points on your license, they would actually suspend drivers three times for the first offense if someone's found on their phone but while behind the wheel. And then anything after that is a full week off the roads. So Inspector Spado says he's quite excited to see that coming and he hopes that'll slow down the number of distracted driving incidents. They 
they see and they pull people over for. But he also said there are other ways of being distracted while behind the wheel. It's not just phones. So he thinks it's good, but it's just the start. Distracted driving is becoming more more of an issue. Um, Unfortunately, the legislation as it's currently written only applies to hand-operated electronic devices that include a telephone feature. Um, there's talk about possibly expanding that definition, but it's, it's, I don't believe it's part of this bill. Um, as far as the penalties, I 100% support uh, the direction that the provincial government is going with this. Um, it's kinda, I, I kind of compare it to seatbelts. It, it took a long time to change that culture of, of wearing your seatbelt. And I think it's the same thing now. We have a cell phone culture that everybody wants instant access all the time, and we need to change that. So this type of legislation, in my mind, is an attempt to accelerate that cultural change. Yeah, I know this morning on MacLean and McGeary, Dan, a lot of people were calling in saying, well, yeah, cell phones, you know, cell phones, that's distracted driving, but, you know, what about uh, the person who's eating their breakfast on the way to work and a dog in their lap? And there are certainly other forms of distracted driving, no question. But cell phones are the big problem. Cell phones are the big problem, and I think that's the thing. It can be someone texting you, it can be someone calling you, it mm-hmm. can be an alarm going off. There's just a lot of ways that cell phones can distract you. Of course, as you mentioned, there are other things. If you have a pet in the car, if you spill a bit of coffee on yourself, that is going to impact your driving. Uh, but cell phones, as uh, Inspector Spado noted, it, they are so prevalent in this day and age that you kind of assume that you have to be on all the time and that's not the reality you aren't more important than someone else who's in front of walking across the street in front of you while you're getting a text message global news reporter diana foxall from uh i don't know maybe uh an hour ago an hour and a half ago after going to city police and talking with them this morning about distracted driving she is at the legislature right now and when we know more about this distracted driving bill We will pass it along to you here on CJOB. 144, almost a quarter to four. We'll break and be right back. It's Hal on CJOB. Hal Anderson. 149, almost 10 to two. Of course, the news with Tristan Field-Jones. We call him TFJ. Right at two o'clock. And then after two, your chance to win. Tough trivia. Get the uh, tough trivia question correct, and I'll give you tickets to the Winnipeg Golf Expo, which is happening at Red River Exhibition Place, April 6th and 7th. So if you're a golfer, that's a big deal. And we'll toss in a gift certificate for some pizza from Santa Lucia. All right, we'll do that right after the news coming up here at 2 o'clock. All right, so we've talked about a few things. Distracted driving, is the police chopper worth it? Universal dental coverage, all kinds of stuff uh, that I've tossed out there. We're getting some text messages, so let's talk about it. Uh, Mix is how? What do you think? Sounds like Trudeau is up. You know which creek. Yeah, interesting uh, poll results. We can get into those a little later on, but if an election were held today, the Tories, led by Andrew Scheer, would win, and would probably or would be very close to winning a majority. So things have uh, really taken a bad turn for Trudeau and the Liberals. But an election will not be held today, and so nothing really changes. But that is interesting, Mick, and we'll talk more about it a little later on in the show, I think. Uh, Transcona Trev sent in a text message, 204 780 6868, Trev says, Hal, if you have time, please give a big bouquet out to the Winnipeg Police Pipe Band. My wife and I 
went to the tavern in Transcona on St. Patty's Day. They made our night uh, with a great performance. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, are people, I guess people are still going out for St. Patrick's Day. I just don't think it's the holiday maybe that it once was, but maybe that's because I'm getting old and I can't go out at night like that anymore. Um, Jacob uh, sent in a text, 204-780-6868. Jacob says, Hal, I know it's a crazy pipe dream, but I think universal health care should cover, at least in part, every area of health, physical, mental, and dental. Thank you, Jacob, for that. And that is in reaction to Ontario's NDP leader, suggesting that maybe it's time for universal dental coverage in that province. Tim sent in a text message here about the police chopper, 204-780-6868. The chopper is cost negative. It's not like the criminals they chase down ever have to pay restitution back to the government to cover the costs of the police response. It's up to the innocent to pay for the guilty through a police state of traffic fines. Well, there's quite a bit there to <laughs> to weigh in on. Um, listen, I think, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, the good guys pay for uh, all types of policing, including the police chopper. And I guess my question was, you know, do you think it's worth the big bucks that we spend on the chopper? I don't think there's any question. It really does a great job, but does it do enough good to make it worth the money? Is the money better spent on more officers or more cars or education or I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm looking for the answer from you or at least your your suggestion, 204-780-6868. All right. Thank you, Tim. And I uh, got this one from Kevin the Garbage Man. Hal, I have a drive cam in my truck. If I get caught on any electronic device, I can get fired. That includes hands-free devices from Kevin the Garbage Man. Interesting. So even if you're talking on your phone, hands, because in my truck, uh, I just my phone syncs with my truck as soon as I get in the truck. And then if somebody calls, I hit one button, just like if I were, you know, changing the channel on a radio station. Don't do that, by the way, please. But uh, you just hit one button and then he can uh, answer the call and, you know, he carry on a conversation hands free. So if I'm to understand Kevin, the garbage man correctly, you can't even talk on your phone hands free or you're in trouble. But you know what? I, you just made kind of an interesting, uh, I don't think you meant to do this, Kevin, but you said that you have a drive cam in your truck, right? And these uh, dash cams are real cheap now. You can get them for real cheap. That's not, people that were complaining this morning to Mackling and McGarry about how if, uh, you know, if they get pulled over, a police officer now will be able to, if the province gets his way, and it will, will be able to, a police officer can take away your license for three days on the spot, first offense, a full week for your second offense. And people were saying, well, what if I was just uh, opening a chocolate bar and the cop thought I was on my phone? I don't like a cop having that kind of power. Maybe this is what you should do if you're concerned at all about that. Get one of those dash cams. I think you can get them for 25 or 30 bucks that cheap. They're not very, you know, those aren't one of the good ones, but you can get them for that cheap, I think. And then instead of shooting it out in front of you, turn it around facing you with a time and date stamp on it. And then if you do get stopped and you go, no, man, I wasn't on my phone. And the cop goes, yeah, you were. I saw you. 
Now you have video proof that you weren't on your phone. Maybe you have uh, solved a problem. Between you, Kevin, and myself, maybe we have solved a problem for those people that were calling up Mackling and McGarry this morning and saying, I don't think a cop should have that kind of power on the spot to take away my license for three or, or seven days if it's a, a second offense. Just a thought. And uh, somebody was telling me that the reason we see all this uh, dash cam video from Russia all the time is because apparently it's kind of law over there. It's got something to do with their insurance. Everybody's got to have one or or your insurance is less if you have one. So, so that's why everybody over there has one. That's why usually when we see dash cam video on YouTube or online, it's usually from Russia because everybody's got one of those things. Anyhow. Uh, That was the first thing that came to mind as I was reading your text message, Kevin. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Lots more text messages coming in. I'm going to get those organized. We'll roll those out wherever we can as we go along here this afternoon. We've got Tristan Field-Jones and the 2 o'clock Global News coming right up here. And then, like I said, those Golf Expo tickets and Santa Lucia pizza you get to win with Hal Anderson after the news at 2 right here on 680 CJOB. And now we return to Hal Anderson. Thank you very much, TFJ. Tristan Field-Jones. Winning here in uh, just a second. We're going to roll out a tough trivia question for you. But let me squeeze this uh, quick phone call in here from Carol. As you know, your phone calls take priority. 204-780-6868. Hello, Carol. I I wanted to talk to you about vaccinations. All right. Um. I don't believe that school trustees should be the ones making the decision on this. This is a health care issue. Well, and if you missed it, and I think you did, they decided that they will not be deciding that, or at least not right now. They they voted that down. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, good, because that should be doctors and nurses that are, are deciding that. Yeah, they voted that down uh, late Friday, so you might have missed that. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, and uh, I got your text messages kind of organized, so we'll get to those in a second. Actually, we have a super busy show today, so my tough trivia question, at least I feel, is not going to be that tough because I want to wrap up the contest pretty quickly here. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Now, uh, I don't think it's going to be tough, but the ones I think are going to be real tough usually aren't and vice versa, so here we go. 44% of us say blue is our favorite color. Blue, our favorite color, 44% of us. What color comes in at number two with only 12%? 44% of us say blue is our favorite color. The number two color has just 12%. What color is the number two color behind blue? 204 6868 You are winning tickets to go to Winnipeg Golf Expo, which is happening at Red River Exhibition Place, April 6th and 7th. And we're going to toss in a gift certificate for some Santa Lucia pizza. So Golf Expo tickets and some za. 204-780-6868. Hello, have you got a guess for us? Uh, Is red? It is not red. I mean, there's only so many colors here, so I I have a feeling this is going to be quick. So, no. Second color behind blue is not red. Hi, have you got a guess? Green? 
Second color, number two, 12% behind blue, which is at 44%. Yes, is in fact green. Yeah. Yes. Uh Aha. What is your name? My name is Peter. Peter, uh, you got tickets for the Winnipeg Golf Expo, Red River Exhibition Park, April 6th and 7th, and the gift certificate so you can have some Santa Lucia pizza before or after. How's that sound? That's awesome. Thanks, yeah, you bet. Hey, Peter, are you a golfer? I am a golfer. I'm not a good golfer, but I'm a golfer. Well, there you go. An honest guy. Maybe That's I'll good. Maybe I'll learn something at the show. Maybe you'll learn something at the expo, yeah. Where do you like to golf? What's your favorite course in town? You know what? We go out to Kingswood quite often. Kingswood is I nice, do, yeah. Uh, a fair amount of golfing through work. We entertain and pay customers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like I say, I wouldn't uh, consider myself an expert by any means, but I really enjoy golfing. Yeah, nothing wrong with being a bit of a hacker. Nothing wrong with that. There you go. Yep. Um, One more question. Do you think we're getting close to where you'll be able to go out and actually play around? Do you think spring is close? I am certainly hoping so. Hopefully there's not too much accumulation tonight. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be out there in the next few weeks. I feel confident. I hope so. Hey, thanks for the chat, uh, Peter, and I'm going to put you on hold here so Jeff Forchie can get you signed up for the prizes, okay? Thanks, Al. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. More Winnipeg Golf Expo tickets and more Santa Lucia pizza coming up tomorrow. Tell you what, 208. Let's take a break a bit early here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about camping reservations. You were able to do that starting at 7 a.m. this morning with Birds Hill Park. And it was a bit crazy, as usual. And we'll talk about it right after this. Hal Anderson. All right. I told you that starting this morning at 7 o'clock, you could uh, reserve your spot for camping at Birds Hill Park. Started at 7 o'clock this morning. And again, this year, they uh, staggered it, right? So it starts at uh, Birds Hill Park. Today, this morning, 7 a.m., then April 2nd, you can book for a spot at Winnipeg Beach and the White Shell, and then all other provincial parks will be open for reservations on April 4th. And if you want to book a spot, you go to prs.gov.mb.ca, prs.gov.mb.ca. This morning, we got a call from a listener who was frustrated with the process. Here is uh, my conversation with Arlene. Take a listen. Well, this morning we logged on to, um, I guess, government parks for booking our reservations for the summer holidays. And I think uh, between me and my husband, we had a couple different devices on the go. And I think we were like 4,000 for the numbers to go and get our reservations made on the websites. And I've been on the phone for an hour and a half, I think, and could not get through. So we only got two bookings out of our, for the summer, which was kind of like not fun when you're trying to um, book for family holidays. And this was Birds Hill today, right? Yeah, only Birds Hill today, I think so. And you got two weekends. Yep. (laughs) And you were hoping, uh, you were hoping for a lot more, I imagine. Oh, yes, for sure. When you're like 5,000 in the lineup of trying to book, it was kind of, um, it's not a fun thing for sure. So we, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of the phones were, they'd ring once or twice and then it would just uh, cut me off type of thing. So the whole system 
was they said they had troubles again this year, and that's probably the 20th years in a row. <laughs> so I wonder if they could do something different for people who are trying to um, log on. We bought a camper last year, and we're looking forward to using it, So, but we couldn't really get too much for sites this weekend, I mean for this summer. Will you try for other campgrounds as they become available to try and reserve a spot, or, or what's your plan now? Um, we could, I guess, but Burt's um, Hill's nice and close to Winnipeg, and mm. um, we love for the family to come out and enjoy the time with us type of thing. So yeah. it's nice and close, and we love it there. So mm-hmm. it's a great place to get away for enjoying um, the weekends and stuff, so and holidays. So. Sure. But, yeah, it was just crazy this morning, and it's like, okay, it took us so long, and it's like, I wonder if they could do something differently to um, help people trying to get through. So that's your question. Can this be done differently? Yes, for sure. Like they can, I think the girl said there's seven people working the phones and I'm not sure how many are who's doing the ones on the computer and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, like everybody's excited about booking for the camping and if you only get a couple weekends, it's not fun for sure. So, and did you have phones and computers going? Oh yes. We had a couple of different iPads and the devices and, uh, and the phones. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it seemed like it would ring once or twice, and then it would just automatically give me a busy signal. So mm. I'm not sure what was going on at and their end. each time, just trying to understand this better, Arlene, so each time you got through, then you could book one time. You can book three, and uh, one, if you get through, you can get book three type of thing. But there was mm. nothing available in electric where we wanted kind of type of thing. I see. There was some for, like, tents and stuff like that, but it's no plug-in for if you have a, right. a trailer type of thing. All right, one of our listeners, Arlene, frustrated this morning trying to book camping spots for their new camper or trailer. I can't remember if she said it was a camper or a trailer, but anyhow. Um, so she's looking for a site with electricity, the whole deal. She was on the line 7 a.m. this morning for Birds Hill Park trying to get uh, some spots. And so I reached out to the province, and I spoke for a few minutes this morning with Elizabeth Ostrup, and here's what she told me uh, about the process, and uh, uh, you'll hear as well, I asked her about Arlene's question. Is there a better way to do this for Winnipeggers and Manitobans to reserve a camping spot in a provincial campground? Take a listen. Uh, Birch Hill is always a popular place on opening day because I think the Folk Fest is... uh a limit a day or a time of year where the sites are limited so those were snapped up right away and um it's also a park that's close to home but right now people are getting in and out of the application no problem it's free flowing so i think it's pretty good did it jam up at all at any point this morning when things first opened up at 7 a.m yeah at first thing it's a lot of people hitting the application all at the same time so things were a little bit slow first thing but um, within the first hour i think um, that it all filtered through so um, things got back to normal a little a little later in the day so um, the the first ones in probably noticed it that was not behaving as quick as normal yeah, and I did talk to one woman who was sort of frustrated. They only got uh, uh, two times at Bird's Hill. They wanted more. They've got a new camper. I'm sure you hear this all the time. <laughs> Her question to me essentially was this. Is there a better way to do this? Are you looking at possibly doing it differently so we don't see this log jam? Or is this kind of the way it is when you've got something that's in big demand? It's just the way it is when things are in big demand because no matter when the inventory opens, there's one campsite isn't exactly the same as the campsite next to it and 
unlike with a hotel room where, you know, you're kind of booking a room, you're not booking a specific spot. So um, when people have their favorite spots and their favorite weekends, um, it's it's a race. <laughs> mm. And so is Birds Hill now full done? Oh um, no, it's just Folk Fest weekend is done. Mm. Where people who want to book a site that weekend will have to go to the Folk Festival camping um, through their website, okay. or or keep checking back to ours for any late breaking cancellations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of basic inventory available throughout the summer, but if someone's looking for a full-service site at Birds Hill, that might be um, harder to find, or an electrical service site on a uh, July-long weekend or an August-long weekend, that might be a little tougher to find. But um, it's usually the race for for sites for Folk Fest. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then now, what are the parks coming up? What are the dates? Can you tell me that, Elizabeth? Sure. Um, reservations for Winnipeg Beach and all of the campgrounds in the White Shell, which is uh, Batula Lake, Big White Shell, Brereton, Caddy, Falcon, uh, Nudemick, Opapasqua, Otter Falls, and Westhawk, and White Lake. That opens on Easter Monday, April 2nd at 7 a.m. And everything else opens on Wednesday, April 4th. That is Elizabeth Ostrup at the uh, at the province on reserving a camping spot. And again, the website you go to is prs.gov.mb.ca. So Birds Hill got underway at 7 a.m. this morning. There still are spaces, but, you know, maybe not the kind you want, but there are spaces still available. And then April 2nd, Winnipeg Beach and the White Shell. And to our listener, Arlene, who was frustrated by the process and really wanted to be at Birds Hill, I'm telling you, man, that campground up at Winnipeg Beach is great. It is phenomenal. So I hear you, Birds Hill's nice and close, but boy, I'll tell you, we got some great spots, and that Winnipeg Beach uh, uh, campground is is really amazing. So April 2nd, Winnipeg Beach and the White Shell, and then all other provincial parks will open up for reservations on April 4th, prs.gov.mb. .ca. Uh, while I was playing uh, Arlene and then Elizabeth, Jeff sent a text message, 204-780-6868. Hal, do it the same way they do seasonal. Pay up front, get drawn, you're in. Easy. That does seem like maybe a good way to go, right? And then you're not getting jammed up on uh, on the phone or, or on the computer. And, you know, pe- you know, people are serious. They paid up front and you do it uh, by draw. Thanks, Jeff. I wasn't aware that's how they did seasonal. I appreciate the uh, the text message. And, man, have we got a bunch of text messages. i got to get to some of these. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to get to all of them, and I really want to get to all of them here. We talked about a bunch of stuff here today. Distracted driving, of course, waiting for more information on that bill from the legislature today. Ryan says, Hal, the cops can give you tickets for eating while driving as well. Yeah, distracted driving. It's all kinds of stuff. But I think the cell phone, as I was uh, saying to Diana Foxhall earlier, I think the cell phone is the real big problem, right? Because we're addicted to our phones. We just, we can't put them down. We can't be away from our phones. And I think that's why uh, this one is, is uh, you know, so tough. But yes, there are other forms of distracted driving. Absolutely. Rick says, uh, once we are guilty until we can prove our innocence, we're in a whole new world of trouble. Oh, 
He's referring to when I said maybe we get a dash. People that are worried about a cop taking away their license for three days if they get caught on their phone, being able to prove maybe that you weren't on your phone. Maybe they thought you were on your phone, but you were opening a chocolate bar or whatever. I said maybe buy a dash cam, flip it around, and then, you know, you can show, hey, I wasn't on my phone. I was opening a chocolate bar. But Rick says when we have to start proving our innocence, uh, he's concerned about that. Another one here uh, about that same thing. Hal, the phone will tell what time you talked or texted. Don't need a dash cam. I guess unless you're just checking your messages, then there's no proof of of when you were checking your messages or, you know, whatever, right? Not necessarily is there a trail left by many things you can do on your phone. Uh, Another one here. Why do we need to record ourselves to prove our innocence when we are innocent until proven guilty? Okay. I was just trying to solve a a problem that had been posed uh, earlier. Hal, your reverse camera idea reminds me of Kramer's reverse peephole idea on Seinfeld, LOL. Yeah. Isn't it funny how just about everything in life relates back to a Seinfeld episode? I was listening to Macklin and McGeary this morning, and, and Brett and Greg were talking about something. I can't remember what it was now. And they said, oh, it's kind of like that Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, episode. Anyhow. Uh, Hal, Universal Dental. Oh, this is something that the NDP in Ontario is suggesting. Universal Dental. Phil says, Hal, University, uh, Universal Dental should be funded for everyone. The province already funds free dental for prisoners, so why not parents who can't afford to send their children to the dentist. Why is society okay with funding services to prisoners but not the working poor? This is a no-brainer. Dental should be a part of universal health care. Thank you for the uh, text message, Phil. I appreciate that. I was saying earlier that I'm getting too old to go out at night. I didn't do anything for St. Patrick's Day, and I got this text message in response. How we took my 92-year-old mom to the Winnipeg Beach Legion for St. Patrick's Day. You are never too old to go out. I will keep that in mind. Next time I'm going, ugh, I don't want to go out. I will remember your 92-year-old mom going out to the Winnipeg Beach Legion for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, another one, provincial dental program. Great idea, especially for the working poor. And this person as well refers to free dental for prisoners. So why not uh, Why not for moms and dads uh, and for their kids as well? Police chopper, we're talking about whether or not it's worth all the money and they're uh, looking at doing a bit of a review and assessment of the chopper and the money that's spent on it. Don says, I think they should look at police drones instead of helicopters. Thank you, Don. Yeah, it's a good idea. Certainly something worth looking at, I think. Landon says, how when the tech... I guess when the technology becomes mainstream, how will smart contact lenses and smart glasses used... Uh, be enforced while driving. Maybe we'll be using driverless cars by then. Yeah. Well, I think the technology has moved faster than the legislation on on texting and driving. And that's, you know, kind of where we're at with this new bill, I think. Um, another one. How funniest distracted driving passenger story ever. Uh, passenger and driver eating corn on the cob at 6.30 a.m. Really? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, And I think that is it for text messages for now. But as I look over here, I've got a whole bunch of new ones i got to go through. And we'll do that. Global News at 2.30 with Tristan Field-Jones coming right up.
just uh, talking on the phone here with Gregory, who just had a, a very, very close call. Gregory, uh, where are you at? What just happened? Well, I'm at Pabinam near Markham, around where Victoria General Hospital is at. Right. I nearly got killed because people does not acknowledge when a truck driver is honking, somebody is crossing the street when the lights are out. So no lights at Pembina and Markham at all? Correct. All right. Well, that's obviously a real dangerous situation, and you're right. we got to make sure people pay attention. So you're in the truck, and you're laying on the horn? Is that what? Uh... No, I was I was crossing the intersection. Oh. Someone was laying, laying on the horn. Then a, then a female driver decides to blow through the horn. Hmm. Well, uh, blow through the horn, and I and thank God it was for, for that truck driver. I would have gotten killed. Wow. Well, listen, Gregory, thanks for letting us know. So Pembina and Markham, no lights at all. We need cadets out there or whatever. And you're right. The truckers often will lay on the horn. And if you hear that trucker's horn, chances are he's trying to let you know of a problem that maybe he sees better from up high where he's at. So, Gregory, thanks for letting us know. And this is is starting to become a Winnipeg problem that some Winnipeg people who are driving do not respect the rules of the road at all. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we could spend hours talking about that. Gregory, thank you. And again, it's Pembina and Markham. No lights. I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I was chatting with him at the end of the uh, news there with Tristan Field-Jones, and he was worked up. Yeah, very dangerous situation, and uh, and glad Gregory's okay. So Pembina and Markham, please keep that in mind if you're traveling in that part of the city, all right? We got our uh, our hours uh, all crossed up, and uh, I thought she was going to be with us an hour ago. She's here now. I'm just happy she's on with us. Heather Hudson is a nurse, and, and Heather, we want to talk to you because this week is Poison Prevention Week. Thank you for doing this. No problem, and I apologize for getting our, our wires crossed. No, that's all, I, it might have been at my end, too. It doesn't, uh, not a big deal, just uh, glad that we're able to get you on. So talk a bit about Poison Prevention Week, because it is important we talk about this. It can be many different scenarios that sort of fall under uh, poison, correct? It is, and I think a lot of people have a very uh, kind of narrow idea that it's something that children um, get into when you know they're exploring their environments, and um, it's something they swallow and it's going to hurt them. And we have a much broader definition. I mean, um, it, poisons can be anything that um, can harm an individual, whether it be a child or an adult, um, and it can be by a lot of different routes of exposure. It might be a splash on the skin, splash in the eye, something that's inhaled, as well as something that you might put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was surprised to see this number across the country every year uh, in Canada. There are something like 135,000 unintentional uh, poisonings. That's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I think we've worked it out that our, the phone phones at the poison centers ring every once every three minutes hmm. um, because of somebody who has done something or gotten into something. Um, so that's a, a big part of what uh, Poison Prevention Week is all about: is to raise awareness about um, these incidents that are happening and talk about ways that we can pre- perhaps prevent them from happening. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do if uh, if it's an adult and you're able to understand that, oh boy, I, you know, I've just consumed something or, or something toxic has, has fallen on my skin. 
uh, or if it's a child and you suspect that maybe they've eaten something or ingested something that's poisonous, dangerous, what's the first thing we need to do? Well, I think the most important thing is to get more information, and that's what poison centers are are there for. Um, you know, you know the number of the local poison center in your area, and call that number. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week to answer your calls. And a lot of times, what the the poison specialist can do is put to rest a lot of your fears. I mean, a lot of times people call us and Yes, they're calling us about an exposure, but it's something that in actual fact either hasn't been um, an ex- an amount that we'd be worried about or it's not a substance that we worry too much about. So mm-hmm. so we can put to rest a lot of, of, of fears or we can provide information about how to best treat. Um, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, they know the the... Uh, the best home remedy for for something that's been swallowed and and it actually may be something that is actually even more dangerous. So um, so calling and getting the most appropriate information is is really the best idea. So have the number posted somewhere near a phone, program it into your smartphone, but call the local poison center. And we're going to get to that number, so I'll just warn people now. Maybe grab a pen and a piece of paper if you can, or get your uh, phone ready to input the phone number. I'll just give you an example of uh, why it's important to have some numbers, and this is one of them, very close. In your phone is probably the best, like you said. You know, uh, we had our dog, and our dog had a, a seizure, and we're going, oh, man, What's that number of that one veterinarian in town that's open 24 hours? This was happening late at night, right? And you're, you're panicked. You're, you're, you know, you're excited. You're, you're trying to get that number. And if you put it in your phone now or you write it on a piece of paper and put it by the phone now, you're kind of covered for that uh, time when, heaven forbid, something does happen and you have that number easy, it's uh, accessible, and you don't have to go digging. Exactly. You know, it's easier to do it now when you don't need it Mm. than worrying about it when you do need it. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, the the laundry pods have been in the news a lot lately. Um, Is that a big cause of of poisoning in Manitoba and, and Canada, kids popping one of those in their mouth thinking it's candy? We certainly do get calls about kids that have uh, been uh, exposed to laundry pods, Mm. Um, but it it doesn't make up a a huge uh, portion of the calls that we receive. Mm. Um, We don't have large numbers of of these exposures, but we certainly do hear about them all the time. So it's one of those products that we recommend either making sure that they are kept locked away, that you're keeping the the safety um, enclosure of the of some of the the containers um, uh, closed properly. Um, but you know, if you have young kids in the house, it's probably a good idea to just purchase the um, more traditional laundry soaps. Yeah. Right. And is that one where if a child did ingest that where you need to move very fast, is that very serious or is it just going to make them sick? Or uh, Because I would imagine there are different things that would fall under the, the banner of poison that people might think are, you know, horrible, but maybe they're not that bad and, and vice versa. I don't know. You tell me. Well, with 
with those laundry packets, it, it sometimes depends. Um, we have had kids that have really had fairly minor reactions. We've had kids that have had fairly major reactions. Mm. So again, the best thing to do is to call. And the poison, part of what the poison specialist does is assess the situation and, and determine what the risk is and whether the person needs to rush to the emergency room by ambulance or whether they um, can stay at home or anything in between. Um, and so, uh, so it, it's not one, you know, category that I can slot it into. It, it's sure. based on on that particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's the the expertise of the the nurse or the pharmacist that you're speaking to. Yeah, Heather, give us the number. The number for the Manitoba Poison Center is one eight five five. 776-4766 or 1-855-7-POISON. Nice, easy number to remember. 1-855-7-POISON. 7-POISON, yep. 855-7-POISON. All right. I can hear people jotting it down all across the city and across the province. Heather, thank you very much and uh, best of luck with the week. And I hope you get the message out there. It's it's an important one that uh, really, you know, could a number could come in handy at any point during the year. Great. Thanks very much, Hal. All right. Heather Hudson is a nurse. It is Poison Prevention Week. 8557-POISON. 8557-POISON. Keep that number handy and... Hope you don't need it, but if you do, you got it, and you can get the help you need. All right? We will take a quick break here. 7.42. I've got uh, a bunch of uh, uh, text messages that we've uh, got to get to and a bunch of uh, stuff. I want to talk Winnipeg Jets a little bit here. Uh, I want to talk about the Women Bison hockey team. Wow. Congratulations. Champs. I want to talk about the weekend box office. Lots of stuff we got to get to here. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Anderson. Nice job. Good job there, Jeff Forche. Jeff Forche, producer of the show. Once in a while, he's got to jump in and do the weather when my computer crashes. You've got to love technology. When my computer crashes. And so I've moved to another uh, work spot here in the, uh, in the uh, big studio. But, of course, it takes, you know, some time for you to open up the proper folder and, and get all of, uh, all of that stuff open. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Jets. I told you that we were going to talk about the Jets. Um, what else were we going to talk about here? Oh, box office. We could talk about the box office a bit. Actually, you know what? Let's, uh, let's take a look at today in history. I'm just trying to think what will work best in a situation like this. You've got the... Uh, uh, pot turned oh, up there so people can hear this. Okay, great. On this day in 1911, the first International Women's Day is observed with rallies and parades in Germany, Austria, Denmark, and Switzerland all the way back to 1911. In 1951, the World War II novel The Kane Mutiny is first published. 1953, Academy Awards are televised for the first time. I thought this was kind of cool. 1964, on this day in 1964, just before I was born, Sean Connery started shooting on Goldfinger. Who was the best James Bond? I think it was Sean Connery. I personally think Sean Connery was the best uh, Bond. 1974, Jefferson Airplane begins its first tour as Jefferson Starship. We built this city. We built this city on 
That is a great song right there. 1975 on this date. Third album from Kiss, Dressed to Kill, is released. 1976, Buckingham Palace announced the separation of Princess Margaret and her husband, the Earl of Snowden, after 16 years of marriage. 1977, Southern Nights by Glen Campbell peaks at number one. In 1982, Randy Rhodes, lead guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, dies in a plane crash. He was only 25 on this day in 1970. 82. In 1985, Mel Sharple sells his diner on the TV show Alice. Remember that TV show Alice? That ended a nine-year run for that sitcom. 1987, Jim Baker resigned as the chairman of PTL amid a sex and money scandal involving Jessica Hahn. The Beatles. Anthology 2 CD, released on this day in 1996. Bonnie Raitt got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2002. 2003, George W. Bush orders a start of the war against Iraq because of the time difference. It was actually early March 20th in Iraq. Uh, Vanessa Williams got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on this day in 2007. Naomi Campbell in 07 begins her five-day community service sentence at a trash Facility for assaulting her maid. Remember that? 2002, science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke died at the age of 90. David Letterman in 2009 married his longtime girlfriend. And in uh, 2013, NASA's Mars rover Curiosity discovers further evidence of water-bearing minerals on that planet. And I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. It is Client's Day. It is Goddess of Fertility Day, Nurses Day, Chocolate Caramel Day, Poultry Day, the Swallows Return to San Juan Capistrano Day, and uh, it's Well Elderly or Welderly Day today as well. Take a bit of this and I'll get back to my regular spot. I think Mike uh, the Engineer has it fixed. A little bit of... uh, a little bit of... Uh, Starship? Thank you very much, Starship. yes. Can you tell I'm uh, a little <laughs> distracted here with the uh, technology issues? Turn it up, please, Jeff. Sunday. Fifty-three. Just a few minutes left. Sorry about that. I apologize. A thank you to Mike, the engineer. Mike, how many times? How long have you been here? How many years have you been in this building now? Uh, this building? Yeah. Six years in this building. Well, no, but I mean with the company. 99, yeah, ninety-nine. So. so you were here a few years after me, right? Yeah. I came. I mean, I I've been and gone and back again. But uh, you've been here. Mike's been. 
How many times have you got those frantic calls from us people on air going, hey, the computer is dead or my mic's not working or. This is the first. This, yeah, it's not the first. I know it's not the first. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah. Mike helping us out, making sure we're uh, staying on the air here. I apologize for that. Let's talk about uh, the box office a little bit. I'd like to do that. Here is the top five at the weekend box office. I can tell you right now, you know which one was number one again, right? Black Panther. You're telling me that the king of a third world country runs around in a bulletproof cat suit? Why don't you ask him yourself? Because he's right outside. Black Panther, number one. It was close, though. Black Panther took in $27 million. The number two movie was Tomb Raider, and it took in $23.5 million. They were headed to an uninhabited island somewhere off the coast of Japan. It used to be called Yamatai. There's at least 6,000 islands off the coast of Japan. Hardly any of them are populated. Well, I have a map. Now all I need to do is to figure out what these are. I think these are coordinates. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. You might as well tie a stone to your foot and jump off the boat now. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Tomb Raider, number two, $23.5 million. And I don't think we'll have time to do the top five, so we'll just do one more top three. I hadn't really heard about this movie, but when I watched the trailer to pull this audio, it looks really good. In at number three... At the weekend box office, I can only imagine it took in $17.1 million. Here's part of the trailer. It's an amazing song. Just kind of happened. Took about 10 minutes, I guess. Bart, you didn't write this song in 10 minutes. Took a lifetime. How'd you do this? You know, I've never told anybody my story. There you go. And Wrinkle in Time, number four, 16.6 million. Rounding out the top five, Love, Simon, $11.5 million on the weekend. 256. Tristan Field Jones is standing by. Three o'clock global news with TFJ is next. My name is Hal Anderson and this is CJOB. If you have any updates for us, you can give us a shout. 781 1320 is the number to call. You can always text 780-6868. And of course, you can call that number during Hal Anderson's show anytime and he will happily put you on air. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Yes. Thank you very much, Tristan Field-Jones. Final hour here uh, that we're together. Four o'clock, the news with Richard and Julie. And yesterday I was doing uh, my weekend show and I got a call from a very funny Winnipegger, Big Daddy Taz, at about 8.30 yesterday morning with the sad news that Mike McDonald had passed away. Here's what Big Daddy Taz said about Mike McDonald on my weekend show yesterday well really one of the best stand-up comedians in the world you know he set the he set the bar for all us canadians he made it first when we were you know when i first started out he was the uh, the iconic uh untouchable headliner and as i you know as we got to know each other more he became a really dear friend and uh, confidant and uh just an all-around great guy i'm so very very devastated big daddy taz our jeff courier good friends with mike mcdonald went to school with him uh, Jeff today had on Ron James and other uh, very funny Canadians to talk about the passing of Mike McDonald. 
I went looking. I talked to him a few times. Uh, it was a real pleasure every time talking to Mike McDonald. I talked to him a few times. The last time was right here on CGOB in 2010. And I thought what I would do is play a few minutes of that final interview that I did with Mike McDonald here on CJOB. Good to see you again. <laughs> hey, good to see you. How you been? Uh, not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm as happy as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> we played a couple minutes from one of your stand-ups last half hour where you're talking about being happy. and um, I guess uh, a lot of your humor, a lot of what you do comes from anger, I guess. Is that a good way to put it? What you seem you like an anger. <laughs> you, you seem like an angry guy, but I know you're not, right? Um, well, let's put it this way: since I was diagnosed 15 years ago as manic depressive bipolar, and they gave me the, uh, I, they finally gave me the right combination of pills. I'm a lot easier to socialize with. Okay, good. And uh, I, I. I don't come off the stage and jump into the audience as much as I used to. <laughs> you know, I'll kill you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot easier uh, all the way around. Yeah, you were one of the. You know, uh, I think Canada and uh, Canadian comedians have become uh, uh, well known as being, you know, uh, really good at what they do. You were one of the first, though. You've done this for what, twenty-five years, thirty years? Uh, it's coming up on thirty-one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what's changed over the years uh, as far as uh, Canadian comedy is concerned? Um, the only thing I can say, I think it's getting better, mm-hmm. better and better. But, yeah. uh, you know, you look back at the, like, they just started playing uh, the Second City uh, uh, show on uh, uh, the Comedy Network. And you look back and go, well, you know, we had a pretty good foundation of yeah you know, to get better from. So. Yeah, no kidding. Who are you, uh, uh, who, who do you like watching do what you do, comedy? Well, it's it's weird. It's like being a magician, you know. It's like if, you know, you're sitting there and if the other mag- magician on stage pulls a rabbit out of his hat, you go, eh, that's <laughs> yeah, a rabbit. You yeah. know? I mean, I pull out rabbits. Right. But if he pulls out a lion, then it's like, oh, okay. So you know? who so who pulls out a lion once in a while? Well, you? just about everybody. You yeah. know, I'm I'm constantly amazed that you know guys have like these really great jokes, but sometimes they back it up, sometimes they don't. So it's the same as music. You know, you sit there and you go, eh, one hit wonder. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, okay, well, this yeah. guy is good for three albums, four albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? This to, guy's going to be around. To do it, you know, like yeah. you've done it for over 30 years, that that really, uh, that really, uh, uh, you know, takes a, a lot of talent and perseverance and, and everything else that, you know, kind of goes with that. Uh, you're a great storyteller, though. I love how you tell stories. Yeah. It's not just about the one-liner in the, you know, the rim shot. It's you, you, you tell a story. Yeah, and uh, other than the storytelling, I think if there was a form, um, it would be a concept joke, act out the joke. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, especially Americans, uh, <laughs> I, I lose the audience when I do the act out part, which <laughs> is so weird for me. It's like, yeah. I'm just, you know, yeah, and then the guy phoned me and he was really angry. Blah, blah, yeah. And then I act out the guy that's yeah, on the, on phone, the phone. Oh, right. I hate you, Mike McDonald. <laughs> yeah. And they're looking at me like, well, what's he doing? I'm just doing the guy that's <laughs> yeah, on, on the phone. On the phone, that right. gave me grief. Yes. Late, you know. Get it? Yeah. Oh, man. And Americans don't get that, eh? Yeah, it was weird. You know, yeah, they always give me that weird look like, what's, what's he doing? Really? Yeah. What's he? I, I I always feel like that. You know, very very few times 
have I ever had a, a great set in like L.A. especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certain parts of the uh, United States, you'll find Americans that are almost like Canadians. Yeah. You know, pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, huh. Interesting. Wow, L.A., it's like they just stare at me. Yeah. What about Winnipeg crowds? Because you keep coming back here, so you must like us, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think if I were to uh, to uh, do another special, I, I was thinking about the other day that I might I might consider doing it in Winnipeg because yeah. the crowds are so good. You yeah. Know? What is it about us, do you think? I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard to say about everything, but generally can- Canadian crowds are better all the way around. Yeah. And uh, the Winnipeg, I guess, uh, you know, you're just happy to be somewhere having a good time. And, uh, you know, the club's heated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They pay their heat bill at rumors, eh? Ooh, that's (laughs) a nice place. Let's go there. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, you're just walking and you got heat. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm good. Oh, there's going to be a comedian. Oh, okay. Here's some money. All right. (laughs) (laughs) A few minutes of my conversation uh, from 2010 with Mike McDonald, who passed away on the weekend at the age of 63. Coming up on 3.13, almost a quarter after 3. We'll take a break, and in just a moment here, we'll check traffic and the weather forecast for you. Hang on. Hal Anderson. I love your show, dude. It's so great. You're one of the best ones I've ever heard on the radio. Hal Anderson on 680 CJLB. 317, we've got sports coming up here in about uh, six or seven minutes. Tristan Field-Jones will have sports for you, then Global News at 3.30. We'll recap the show after that. Rich and Julie will be here to tell us what's coming up on the news at 4. You know how it works. This is the uh, this is the home stretch here. A uh, text message from Amanda. We were talking earlier about uh, somebody, I think it was Duck, brought up the uh, shingles vaccine. Amanda sent this in by text 204-780-6868. I wish the media would give more coverage to the shingles vaccine issue that's not being covered in commercials on TV and radio. You do not have to be over the age of 50 to get it. I'm 36 years old. I got it last summer. I have a friend at work whose daughter is 17, and she got it. Another friend whose daughter was 9 and got it. This is not just a sickness for those who are over the age of 50. This is a fact that the public should be made aware of as you only have 72... Oh, this is interesting. I haven't heard this before. Uh, Amanda says you only have 72 hours from noticing the rash to get the vaccine in order for it to be effective. Hmm. And I was, uh, of course, uh, my understanding was that you need to get the vaccine to prevent it, but I guess if you get it within 72 hours... It can still be helpful. Uh, Yeah, Amanda mentions Duck. So it was Duck because Amanda says Duck was lucky that he was quoted three. uh, He was quoted $250 because she was quoted $300 for my shot. It was already too late by the time I was told about it. Thank you, Amanda. Appreciate you uh, sharing your story and uh, informing the rest of us on that. And Ross is on the phone. I think Ross wants to talk about... uh, Campgrounds. We talked to a listener earlier, Arlene, who was somewhat frustrated with uh, trying to reserve spots at Birds Hill today. That started uh, at 7 a.m. this morning. And then we talked to Elizabeth uh, Ostrup from the province as well. Ross is on the phone, 204 780 6868. Hello, Ross. Hi, how are you doing? 
Good, you? Good, good. I was just listening to your show about campgrounds. Yeah. There's three little gems just around the city. One is Tinkertown. Yep. The other, the other one is Selkirk Park. Okay. The other one a bit further out is Chesley's in Petersfield. Yes, that's very nice as well. No, you make a good point, and that's kind of the point I was trying to make, Ross. I understand Arlene wanted to be at Birds Hill Park, but you're right. There are some other great spots very close to the city. Absolutely, and it's, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour drive, you're there. Thank you, Ross. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you as well. And Don joins us. Hi, Don. Hey, Hal. How you doing today? I'm good. You? Not bad, but you probably know me better as Thunder Trucker. Oh, Thunder Trucker, how are you? <laughs> Not bad. Speaking Good. of Thunder Trucking, I was down in the States once, 70 mile an hour speed limit, and there's a lovely young lady breastfeeding while driving. You're kidding. Uh, as God is my witness, dude. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That went off? <laughs> well, there's a million things that could happen that would end tragically. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, Don, thank you, Thunder Trucker. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. There he goes. Don, a.k.a. Thunder Trucker, has been listening to me on this radio station for a long time. It's good to hear from uh, longtime listeners like that. Quickly, birthdays here before we have to break for sports and news. Um, Ursula Andrus is 82 today. Clarence Frogman Henry. There's a... A singer that some of the older listeners will remember. He is 81 today. Ruth Pointer is 72. Glenn Close is having a birthday. Glenn Close is 71 today. I'll tell you who's not having a a good birthday today. This next guy, Harvey Weinstein. And it's not like he deserves to have a good birthday. He is 66, if anybody does care. Bruce Willis is 63. Derek Longmuir. Who's he? He is one of the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. Derek is 67 today. Dalton James was Mark on Beverly Hills 90210. He is 47. Uh, Zach Lind from Jimmy Eat World, 42. And Craig Lamar Trailer. He was Stevie on Malcolm in the Middle, 29 today. Bay City Rollers to sports, weather, news. It's all on the way. The info is on the way. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Yeah.